Welcome to That's My Niche. This podcast is on the hunt for professions across all disciplines to get a glimpse into the worlds, mindsets and passions of successful people. I'm your host, Nina Dorfer. Sit back and enjoy listening with me. I've put together some questions, yeah. um, but we can like roam around. Um, feel free <laughs> to talk about what is important to you as well. Yes. But first of all, I would like to know, um, or can you walk us a bit through your childhood and upbringing? Me to talk about my childhood and, and upbringing. Okay, so... I was born in Montreuil, which is like uh, the eastern suburbs of Paris, in 87. And um, 87, my mom came from Benin, West Africa in the 80s, like around maybe 84, 85 maybe. Um, and I was born like a few years later. And um, I just grew up in the suburbs, you know, we were in the eastern suburbs and then we went into uh, the southern suburbs and then I've always lived in the suburbs, never in the center of Paris, um, always in the suburbs around Paris, uh, the outskirts of Paris for most of my childhood. So growing up, um, I went through so many different phases. Um, One was when I was, um, huh, when you're in primary school. How old are you when you're in primary school again? I can't remember. Like six. Six? Okay, maybe five, six. So I was popular at that time. And I remember I, remember I was popular at that time because um, I think at that age already, I had three girlfriends. Oh, wow. Like amoureuse, <laughs> as we say in French. I had three I can't remember. That was crazy. I was cute, popular, blah, 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 blah. Um, and also because most of my, uh, most of the time, when I was a baby, when I was much younger, like, yeah, around like maybe three to six or seven, I... I had the people thought I was a girl. People thought I was a a, a girl because I had like really um, sort of like a, my, my facial features were just like thin, you know, just different. And most people would thought I, I was a girl. And actually, when my mom was born with me, they actually thought I was a, a girl because I wouldn't show my genitals. Oh, in the womb. in the womb. Oh my god, this is so funny. So everybody expected you to be a girl. Everybody expected me to be a girl. And um, the thing is, my mom already had a girl, which is my biggest sister. So they announced to her that 
it was another girl and she was like ah oh, no not another girl you know i really wanted the boy because i wanted to have the perfect match which is a boy and a girl but then when i was born they were like wow it's actually a boy <laughs> and she was so happy and she gave me the name king yeah because she was so happy it was like oh in french it was like ah oh, c'est moi and so when they announced to her that i was a girl she bought pink clothes Mm-hmm. She bought pink clothes. Mm-hmm. So most of my like like baby times I was wearing pink and like girl stuff with like, you know, girly features and stuff. So that's also why most people thought I was a girl. Facial features, clothing, uh and it's funny because I'm wearing like this pink I know it's hilarious today. Um so <laughs> It's totally appropriate. Um, and so, yeah, fast forward, going back to the time when I was popular, when I was around six, seven, I had three girlfriends. And then um, around the age of maybe 10, 12, um, that's when things started to be more difficult. And that's when I started not to be accepted by my peers and my friends and at school and stuff because at the time I was like bullied and people kind of sensed that I was different somehow that really I just I wasn't like everybody and um that was a tough time and I, I really was bullied like I would go out and people uh, and and people in and um like we would play outside and people would like pick on me and like bully me and and uh, steal my snacks and stuff like that like really 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 big time um and so that was like the down times of like my childhood um and i somehow to escape all of that i went into video games you know and i discovered video games through my cousin um and we would play Sega games and stuff like that. And I discovered video games and I just, I was so drawn to it, you know, so attracted to it. And I was like, wow, you know, video games. And I started to be sort of like addicted to video games. Um, and somehow now when I actually think about it, maybe it was to escape this reality of people not accepting me and me trying to find uh, comfort and um you know, life and acceptance in video games. Because mm. also in video games, you can control things. You know, you're like, you control things and you can... It's a movie in which you are the the main character and you can just go left, go right, you know, and you actually don't die. You have like many lives. So the game doesn't end when you die because you have like several chances and stuff. So I think somehow just drawn to it and... and um, and played a lot of video games um and after around maybe maybe 15 16 i started to be popular again (laughs) Um, well what is what goes down must go up again yeah it was just went up went down and it went up um 15 16 um Or was it maybe even after? Yeah, 16th. Yeah, yeah, 15, 16. Uh, because at um, high school, 
um, I would go into these um, clubs. So the music club, the um, play club, playwriting club and stuff like that. And so I guess all of that sort of like, you know, built my confidence. And I was like, always invited at parties, New Year's Eve's, every time I was invited to th a th three, four New Year's Eve party and stuff. I was, I was popular and I was really outgoing and expressing myself with my clothes and stuff like that. Um, But why do you think is that? Because the environment changed or, or because people changed or? I think maybe, maybe somehow people, because when you're, when you're a kid, like you're like, Uh, 10, 12 like you do really stupid things and you like easily make fun of your friends mm -hmm. you know that your friends that are really different so you yeah. easily make, make fun of them and then when you grow you, you go to high school and you realize that they're, you know uh, because as well in high school you have people from other cities mm -hmm. you know coming into the high school and so, yeah. so you see diversity so you're like oh yeah. well the, the world is actually like more vast than I thought mm -hmm. and you start accepting things and you see other things and so on so I guess one part was that and the other part was also me you know it's not just the well but it's also you and the way you just uh grow and start accepting yourself and and express yourself and i think for me like performing arts were very important you know in finding that soul or personality stability and 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 be like yeah this is me and this is you know, I present myself to the world the way I want and this is me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was accepted in, in the field of like music and um, I was playing the guitar and I was singing as well. So you were also in a way finding your voice. Literally. Yes, exactly. Literally trying to find my voice. And, um, and, and yeah. And after that, Up until, so the popular times were up until um, the end of high school. And then after that, um, well, you are somehow, you're starting to become an adult or a young adult. Um, and um, from what, 18, 19, I went to England to study at university. Mm -hmm. What did you study? I studied uh, PR and communications. Oh, wow. Public relations so and communications. <laughs> and media and advertising and all these things. And <clears throat> um, at that time, it was... So we were talking about the different ups and downs and highs and lows of like growing up and finding yourself and being bullied and being popular again. And so then i think at that time when i went to university it was in england it was a time where i was discovering so many things um i was seeing i don't know like norwegian girls and then uh indian uh indian people and then you know like uh, people from different places and it was so nice and um Yeah, London just, is a great place for that. Yeah, well, it was so it was Southampton in the southern in the south of England, but mm -hmm. yeah, still like the UK is very international. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's very international, and yeah. yeah, we would go to London for you know time to time with friends and stuff like that. So it really opened my eyes, and somehow it was a time where. Um, I really 
I, I was really starting to think things through, like um, about my life, what I want to do, you know, uh, the way I dress, the way, you know, who am I? Because you see so many people from different different countries, from so many different countries, and you see so many different types of like skin colors, personality, and so on. You're like, wow, but what am I in all of this? You know, where, you know, where do I stand in all this? So um, at that time, I sort of like um, really was more inwards and more like in, in introspect and in, in, uh, more uh, trying to do a lot of introspection about who am I and trying to find out you know, who, who I am and blah, 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 what I want to do in my life um, while still having fun and so on. So <clears throat> yeah, you, you asked me about childhood, but I went a little bit <laughs> further, <laughs> but yeah. But <clears throat> now, now that what we know today mm. is that you are mm. a ceramic artist, mm. thriving, thriving ceramic artist, living in Paris, being represented by a bunch of okay. galleries on an international level. So how, it, how do you tie this back to your childhood? Because what you, you took a really... Uh, a very untraditional route to mm. become until you became a ceramic artist. Mm. So where do you find the pieces that you express of yourself now? Where do you find them uh, in your childhood back then? <coughs> you know, the, the, the times when... I, I talked about the times when I was bullied by other people that didn't accept me. And nowadays, somehow, no, nowadays I say thank you to them. Mm -hmm. And I say, wow, you actually saw this before me. You saw that I was different before I could actually understand how different I was. And it's like, wow, now I understand why I wasn't accepted because I have a certain way of seeing the world. I have a certain way of feeling things. I have a certain way of expressing my emotions. Um, and it just didn't fit with with their reality and um and somehow now i'm using all these um like all, you know these things that make who i am and express them into my work you know and create my own reality somehow and share it with the world um <clears throat> i think so many things you know in my childhood and and You know, in my when I was younger, I would uh, make my own toys with paper and stuff like that, like fold papers and stuff, and make you know make things. You know, just because my mom would you know, didn't want to buy me certain toys and so on, so I would just make things with paper. Mm -hmm. um, so I think making things, you know, it was um, it maybe it started there somehow. You know, in in my childhood. Uh, or materialized that way somehow earlier in my on, in my life and then um, the big thing was video games video games was just amazing and still today I play video games you know I still play today mm -hmm. I still play today and and there is something about how video games is just something that stimulates your imaginations it's you know the the It stimulates your 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 senses, like your your your, you see the colors, movements, and and so on. It's so 
um, it's so powerful. And um, nowadays, that somehow is expressed through the vivid colors, you know, in my work, you know, the the, the glossy, the, it's very graphic. It's very, um, I don't know, it's like, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of textures and, um, and yeah, that, that sort of like influenced, um, that's one of the ways video games influence my work nowadays. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Somehow. I, I think it's interesting because uh, <coughs> when you uh, look at, for example, what is the metaverse now and, mm. this, you know, and this whole NFT boom <coughs> that is happening right now stems from the culture of gaming. Yeah, gaming, technology. So I think it's interesting that you also make this reference that mm. you took it as... Um, um, as a mean to escape, but at yeah. the same time being inspired and like creating your own identity and that kind of stuff. I think mm. it's quite interesting that, yeah. Are you planning on doing an NFT? What do you no. think about? <coughs> what do I think about that? Well, uh, <laughs> a friend of mine is, is actually doing projects on, I don't know, what do I think about the NFT and meta, uh, NFT alone. NFT, foof. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard things. I think I know what it is, but then someone else tells me something and I don't, and I don't know what it is anymore. Um, f for me, it just... <sighs> is it too abstract? <sighs> Do you prefer have touching the material? <laughs> Yeah, but I think there's, I think, hmm, I, I, I've gotten to, into NFTs and, and really trying, I'd actually, I'd, have I thought about it? No, I really don't know what to say about NFTs. I really don't know what to say. I think I don't know enough and it's just foreign and I think maybe the day I will be confronted to it like for really really that's when I'm gonna really think about it but nowadays it's so foreign to me um, I see other people do it and and so on but it's just foreign to me right now and but Christie <coughs> has a gallery in the metaverse so you could potentially be asked by Christie to sell an NFT an NFT vase or a <coughs> ceramic piece and, you in their know, and it's and it's and it, what you're saying is so true. Uh, and one of the things that I say to myself is, I want to make works that can look great in a video game. I want to make work that can look great uh, near um, an altar, like in a ceremonial environment, like uh, maybe a church or a religious place, and um, works that can just stand on someone's shelf and just stay there and be in an environment which is, you know, like a house or something, you know, and, and that's what I tell myself when I, when I make the works, but the, 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 um, how to materialize that, I don't necessarily know how, and maybe it won't be through NFTs and stuff like that. Maybe it will be different. It will materialize in a different way. Um, but, 
um yes you know having one of my pieces in a video game or in a virtual world and and so on and play with it yes that idea is interesting to me um but i sort of like dissociated from nfts because nfts to me i mean when you hear about nfts it's it's about oh uh selling uh blah 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 you know it's just no a blockchain and blah 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 and security and no no yes anyone out there if you want to do a project you want to put my pieces in the virtual world or whatever let's do it uh and if we have to sell it or have to share it with the world and it has to be in the form of nft or whatever it is yes you know maybe introduce the idea to me and maybe we can work on this but right now is just it's more idea concept and stuff like that um uh, that attract me but the nft aspect of things and with i don't know there's there's so much going on right now that you just don't know um but but yeah i think being able to make works that can be that can live in these three type of environments that's something actually that inspires me mm-hmm. that inspires me um very much very very much yeah <clears throat> okay so please uh let me know what the the moment that you decided that you were going to do ceramics yeah. like in what 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 did, was there like one moment that you remember vividly where you, where where you just like clicked and also in like what kind of circumstances were you how old were you um when i decided that i was going to dedicate my whole life to ceramics i was 20 25 i think um and i think it happened when i was on the flight from japan to paris and i was writing and i was sketching certain things and i think and i can i can see myself now there with that moleskin notebook and those sketches and thinking myself fuck this is what i need to do forget about everything um <clears throat> how it happened i started ceramics in 2012 um and i trained um between Paris and Bizen in Japan. And while looking at my friends doing ceramics um in Bizen, I could sense a sort of like spirituality in the way that they were making things and the way they were respecting the clay and the way they were conversing with the fire and so on and it was like wow, this is very spiritual and mm-hmm. Um there was a certain aspect of Shintoism and spirituality like that is very Japanese in that in their ways of doing ceramics that just touched me and was reminiscent of the animist uh culture of Benin with voodoo. So mm-hmm. I was like wow. I'm 10 to 11,000 kilometers away from um Benin but I'm feeling those vibrations and they echo with my origins and my background so wow this is very powerful and it's all happening through ceramics <laughs> so i was like okay nothing else in my life has ever awakened these feelings um nothing else in my life has 
um, highlighted this aspect of how Japan and Benin are linked. You know, ceramics did that. And that's why I decided to follow ceramics, really. And the reason why I started ceramics in the first time was because I was soul searching. And while in that period of soul searching, trying to find out what I want to do with my life and how I want to channel my energy, because at the time I was working in a communication agency and I was doing projects for companies and it was like, mm, well, I'm doing this, but these topics that I am working on and challenging, ch channeling my energy into are not close to my heart. Selling computer for, um, selling a Dell computer, um, it, it's close to Michael Dell's heart because this is his company and so on. This is what he believes in, but it's not me. This is not King Hyundai Pinku. Mm -hmm. King Hyundai Pinku is about something else. And I was looking for that thing that would, um, in which I would channel my creativity, um, and it happened to be ceramics. So when I started ceramics, um, first time I touched the clay, it was almost as if like sleeping thoughts awakened, like something like a, a revelation or something. It was like, wow, okay. And the reason why I touched clay for the first time was to understand who I am and what the clay says about who I am because all my life for like maybe 20 because I started ceramics at 24 so for 24 years of my life I had been judged or critiqued or um you know talked about by people it's mostly people people's eyes you know people see the way you dress people see the and they're like oh king is like this king is like that and but yeah but what does the clay says about who King is. And the thing with the clay is that it's a material that takes years to be, um, to, to, to form, right? Uh, it's, it happens through sedimentation and so on. And to me, it is the biggest encyclopedia ever that is available on this earth. And it has absorbed so many information, so many things that humanity has gone through whether it's war, whether it's anything. And all these informations are st stored in the clay. So, so how can it not be the best uh, material to tell you about who you are, you know, and mm -hmm. to... To mirror something. To mirror you. something, yeah. In the form of the, the four elements, you know, earth, fire, air, and water. Mm -hmm. And this is so powerful. And it's, to me, it's the biggest encyclopedia. So, and it worked, it worked. Nothing else in my life has, has, you know, touched my heart so deeply and revealed all these topics and all these things that I have been, um, you know, thinking of and accumulating for, for years. And People have been have been telling me, oh, but you know, King, your career went so fast, and you you started showing like you know very quickly and exhibitions and so on. And I say, you know what? Yes, you can say that, but think about how long it took me to accumulate those ideas. Twenty four years to accumulate those ideas to go through the experience I've I've, I've gone through 
bullying, um, moments of happiness, na 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 na, whatever. All of that took 24 years. And basically, this is the substance. This is the, the color palette, if you want. But the, the, um, the way that it, 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 all of that materialized uh, through ceramics is another thing. You know, really, uh, for me, um, the way to express this better. For me, technique, you can learn. Someone can teach you. You can learn the technique anywhere. Um, yes, some are more gifted than others, but still you can learn. You can go to a school, pay money or have or be an apprentice or so on and to learn the technique. But the substance, what makes the color of what you produce, it's within you. And for me, I had the substance already. I just needed to find the right platform and the right material or the right uh, form, the right medium to express mm -hmm. all these things. 24 years i had 24 years of data it only needed the right um the, the, yeah the right material the right channel the right things and and um and yeah and i just wanted to know myself like the reason why i started ceramics is just to know myself who i am and 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 look when you take a, a lump of clay and then you you push your finger into the clay it will respond instantly it will not say anything else it would just say yes you've put your finger here and it's your fingerprint and it's it's and it's instant as well so that 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 is a proof you know that the clay really responds to who you are and to you know like to, to your soul and what you have deep inside well i wanted to ask a question but i think it's kind of redundant but i'm going to ask it anyway yeah. um because i think because maybe of like my own like observation not experience but observation um do you, would you consider that you were kind of like a late bloomer in the traditional sense everything everything look the people that bullied me as i said the people that bullied me when i was uh what was it like uh, 10 10 12 they knew Mm -hmm. They knew. They knew I was. They knew I had something, so they they didn't accept me in their circle. They they sort of like knew. Maybe they were the first one to to discover my color or my character. You know, mm -hmm. and but that's one perspective. But then the other perspective is the perspective of an adult that knows the world, that knows how the, the, the gallery work, world works and um, how long it takes to go to, to an art school, to uh, have a degree and then find a gallery and so on. I didn't do an art school. I didn't do an art school. I, uh, my gallery, the, the gallery I work with, Galerie Valois in Paris, they found me, you know, they found me because I, I just expressed I expressed things I had inside and, and, and it reached out to them and then they contacted me and then we started working together. But I don't know, late bloomer, I don't know. My path is just different. It's just, it's just different. It's just different. Like you really, because if you say late bloomer, it's because you compare me to other artists, but really this path is so, it's so different. When I go to conferences, 
um, and people invite me to talk about my career and blah, 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 blah. And it's a lot of, no disrespect to anybody, but it's a lot of like gray hair in the audience. You know, it's people, but meaning that it's people that are maybe 20 years older than me and they're well-cultured and they well-read and they're so on and then the the art world and so on. They, and I, and I go in front of them and I say, oh, I started, I started my career. Uh, everything started thanks to video games. You're not supposed to say that. Um, but people would appreciate it because it's true. Because you're not trying to be like, oh, well, um... Uh, everything started when um, I saw this painting of Michelangelo uh, when I went to the museum with my parents. About my my parents didn't take me to museums. Um, their only worry was to eat, to find food and stuff. So I didn't grow in that environment. And the truth is, yes, video game is one of the is what led me to the arts, really. And um, and I love to say that it it shows you that my path is just different. Like you really cannot, um, you can if you want, but you can also tell yourself that no, it's just, it's just, um, it, it just, it's just the way it is that the path is what it is. But yeah, if you consider a normal, well, the, the, the norm of, you know, you go to, and again, like it, it's, it's people think art schools make artists know, um, no, like really, it's your ability to um, be yourself, your ability to uh, understand who you are, the ability to grasp your personality and to express it. <clears throat> yes, uh, art school allow you to know about the, the art history. Uh, they allow you to touch different techniques and so on. But really, this is not going to make you an artist. What's going to make you an artist? It's strange what I'm going to say, but even, I think, I believe a, 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 a psychologist is more, more equipped to make you grasp your substance and your personality and who you are than an art teacher. Mm -hmm. I believe a, psycho a psychologist <clears throat> or psychoanalysis or, or all these things are are. are necessary tools for people to understand who they are and to just seize it and accept it and just grow with it, you know, more than, than an art teacher. An art teacher is going to teach you about the history or their experiences and so on. The, the mentorship idea of, of you know, the, that's in the art school, that's amazing. But the rest do not... It's just yourself, your ideas, and the way you accept yourself. And if you accept yourself and express your feelings and true feelings and true emotions, you will connect better with other people because other people are actually experiencing the same thing as you. But you just have um, the talent, the ability or the gift to express it with, you know, your hands or with your heart or whatever, but to express it and other people will connect with it, you know? Mm. That's all it is. And then, you know, yeah, that, that's that, uh, that's that's what I that's what I believe, you know. But um... no, I think it's um, good to, to to explain it and express it in that way. I was just um, yeah, <coughs> you know, referencing this because the art world is 
still a harsh one and also yeah. like a prestigious one and as you yeah. said like a gray-haired one and you know there yeah. is only like one way and, yeah you know so i think it's good you know that you also uh prove the opposite can be true yeah and also that there is a that there is no handbook that there is no that you and that you you're guided by yourself like you you yeah. know your your inner force in, yeah. in some way yeah but 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 and it's not a but but i also know that i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for uh the support of people you know people actually um the support of galleries, the people, the people that liked your stuff on on Instagram, the people, your parents, you know, the people that um, just see the work, the people that give you um, like comments and so on. Like it's not just you doing this thing. Like it's you go to your studio, you propose um, a perspective on life, you show it to the world, and then people connect with it or they don't but when they connect with it that's when they leverage the work you know and without people um, there's no there's no career there's no mm -hmm. exhibitions and so on so I'm very well aware about this that it's not just me but it's also the people yeah but it's also your authenticity It's my authenticity that people react to. That people react to. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it is something that people. But they have to re. They have to react to it so mm -hmm. that there's a, there's an, an alchemy. There's something happening, and it it just grows, and then you know. So people give you the power. People give you the 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 energy also. You know. Mm -hmm. So it's both ways. And when it's authentic, yes, people can connect with it and, and be like, I mean, when I talk about the video game stuff, it's, for me, it's, it is so important. So I'm actually wearing a Pac-Man watch. It's so important to, to talk about it because um, many years, for many years, um, there's been this stigma of like kids playing video games and kids, you know, like being violent because of video games and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And that really hurts me. And, and, um, you know, no, you can, you can do something out of like, I don't know, you can do something. It's not because you play video games that you, 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 you're not going to do anything in life, you know. And for me, it's so important to repeat it again and again and again. And again, I'm, I'm an artist, but not everyone has to be an artist. I'm, 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 I am happy where I'm at. But being an artist, I don't think it's the... the uh, that, that's what I am. I'm not saying I'm better than whoever, whoever, whoever. I'm just saying that I'm feeling good because I found myself and I found my path in life. And... You know, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a, someone working in finance, whether it's someone, a lawyer or whatever, if that's what they love, you know, shout out to them. They do it with all their heart. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about knowing what you want to do in this world, you know, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I chose this path, you know, and, and here you are. And here I am, you know, and that's that's how I want to live. You know, that's how I want to live. That's how I want to live. 
I want to live. I have a funny question for you. Yes. I heard this question recently. Yeah. We asked someone, so I was like, oh, this is a funny question, actually. Yeah. Um, so your mom grew up in Benin. Yeah. So obviously, like, uh, this is her cultural background that she also mm. passed on in some way. Is yeah. Your, is your dad French? My dad is Beninese, too. Okay, so... Okay, yeah. a double, double mm. whammy. Double. <laughs> um, did your parents, um, is there something your parents were doing or saying that you didn't like as a kid, but that you're appreciating now, that they passed on to you? It's funny. It's ah maybe hmm not something that they've said to me or thought me directly saying oh you should do this or you should do that or this is good this is bad but it's more like a behavior kind of thing like seeing my mom doing things and seeing how my mom um react to the world and um connect with other people i think that is that had an influence on me and that still has an influence on, on, on me today. Um, uh, and it's about um, giving to people kindness, being kind, um, being kind to people. Um, and this aspect of acknowledging that you know, you have certain things because of other people as well. You know, you're not a, the, the notion of self-made man and so on, you know, I think that's something I, I took from, from my mom. Um, also, the, um, how my mom um, would just strive, you know, through, through life, you know, and, um, and raise my sister and I um, and never give up, you know, never give up, you know, go all the way in and just never give up um, and just do her thing with a certain independence and, and uh, independence as well, you know, and a certain freedom, freedom and independence somehow. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's these are some of the things uh, I guess that were passed on but yeah they have an influence on me these days well let's talk about Benin you're going there in like four days <laughs> and as you mentioned earlier yeah. to me it's yeah. like the biggest yeah. event anything this show. that you've uh... this show you know it's funny um I was thinking about so this this show is um, the show um, celebrating the return of the twenty six um, 
royal artworks that were um, at the Cape Holy in France um, and that are now um, back to Benin, um, where they come from. And um, there's this huge show where uh, they will be showing these 26 artworks and they will also be showing the works of contemporary artists and I'm one of them. Uh, the show starts on the 20th of April and of uh, February, 20th of February, sorry, <laughs> and ends on the 22nd of May. Um, and it's huge. And this show, um, I'm inviting, my mom is my plus one to the opening. Oh, wow. And it's very overwhelming. And I'll tell you why. I was thinking about this the other day. When you give um, a name to a kid or you give a name to your son, your daughter, whatever, you choose the name, there's something about you trying to um, somehow maybe reverse a curse or somehow put hope into that child that is just born and you give a name. My mom... Before having me, my mom had suffered a lot, like in her childhood, being, um, being, like she suffered a lot in Benin, like her childhood in Benin was really, really tough. Um, and thinking about that and thinking of her giving me the name King, for me, is somehow a way to sort of like say, no more of that. No more of um, it's a way to say um, not not save me or, or or but it's a way to to reverse a curse mm -hmm. somehow because all her childhood and and she grew up in poverty, you know. And um, it was tough. And for her to give me the name King, it's like, oh, all of that, you know, let's erase all of that. And let's hope for a better future. Let's hope for a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Let's hope for um, um, richness. But whether it's spiritual, spiritually or whether it's materially, whether it's um, security of, you know, a home or something. But let's hope for the best for, for the family and, and myself and so on. And she gave me the name King. And when I was asking for an invitation for her, for the opening, I realized that it was a show where I was going to be showing works with the royal, mm -hmm. the royal artifacts that are being um, given back to Benin. This is huge. And... Um, these works are from um, the the kingdom of Dahomey when Benin was uh, called the kingdom of Dahomey. And for my mom to be seeing her son that she named King be part of the show and having his works next to the royal artworks must be crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm putting myself in her shoes 
And I don't know if she's realizing it, but at, at least I am. And I'm seeing it, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is insane. It's beautiful. I think it's like there is beautiful poetry in like all of this. Thank you. Well, it's really beautiful. And I also think because, uh, funny enough, not too long ago, I went to Cape Yeah. and I saw, you know, all the statues yeah. and like the bird head, half man, yeah. half lion, half yeah. man, half yeah. fish, half man. Yeah. And the beautiful uh, doors and thrones yeah. and like all of this. And I was really struck by um, that it was just so, I don't know, it's like, it was like very different aesthetically. It was, hmm. I don't know, it was also very poetic. I don't yeah. know, I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. So um, I'm so happy for you that you can, yeah, you. that you can like go back and also like reconnect in that way with your mother. Your mother can also, also the chance to like reconnect. Yeah. This is really, yeah, this is really beautiful. Thank you. So, um, is there any other emotions that come up to you? I recently saw, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but there is this author, mm -hmm. uh, very well known. Her name is, uh, I think it's, her name is uh, Chimananda Ngozi yeah. Adichie. And she hold, uh, she held an opening speech for the Humboldt Forum in Berlin, mm -hmm. where they also had, you know, like Asian art and what they call ethnological mm. art and stuff like that. Mm. And she said that, they, you know, like it's a good thing that they started like sending back pieces. Mm. Um, but yeah, that this is like... Um, the work is not done at all. This is just the beginning. Mm. Um, so, are there any emotions that come up for you for in like today's society and like the the history in all of this? What when when it comes to giving back the the artworks that were stolen, for example, yeah, or like or? that they were like stolen in the first place, and like the work that it takes for even them to be given back. Yeah. Ah, what what emotions do I have about this? I think it's beautiful. I think it's about time. Um, that that they ask for it again, and I'm like, I want to know when they first asked for it because we we started to talk we we started to hear about the restitutions of the 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 old you know artworks like from I think 2015 maybe 2015 mm -hmm. 2016 and that's when we we started to hear about it. But my thinking is like, were they actually asked before then? Mm -hmm. like because it, it, the, one country started to ask and maybe Benin was, was, was one of the first countries in Nigeria and then there was this chain reaction of all these countries asking claiming back the works but I'm like better late than never mm -hmm. but why now that's 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 my question. Why now? Why why now? Is it because those countries are seeing the the popularity of contemporary African art? Mm -hmm. Because contemporary African art like started to be like super powerful, like I like, get everywhere, you know, like all this like <sighs> Is it because of that? 
Is it because the previous presidents didn't ask for it? Um, is it why? Why? Why now? Why now? It's it's it's. I want to know why now. You know, that's my that's the emotion that I have. Um, but obviously, I am happy. You know that that the works are 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 being are being returned to where they come from. Um, I think it's amazing for the memory of the, the, the keeping the memory, you know, of, of the culture, um, for people to, um, to realize that they are part of a great nation, mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever the Western world is saying that they're, they're a part of a great nation, a great country, they have an amazing heritage. Um, it's also a way, I guess, to sort of like, um, like break, you know, the, the whole brainwash thing about, oh, the West is better than, you know, Africa or, um, European culture, American culture are better, uh, than, 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 um, Than, than, than what's going on in Africa and so on. I think it's a way to break that, um, to be, for people to be conscious that there's just different cultures, but no one is better than the other. I think it's, we, it's all about sharing. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in about sharing and what we can share. Um, but no, it's very touching. It's very touching and... It's good for the people that the pieces are back. It's it's good for the people. But my question is why why now? You know, why now? Why not earlier? Um, why now? But at least it's happening and um it's touching. It's great um and i and i'm honored to be to be called to be sh you know showing works with with these pieces you know with to showing works with with um the old world um arts and sculptures um yeah i think you know going there you can hopefully also ask exactly these questions, you know, yeah. and continue the conversation. Why now? Yeah, why now? But I, I, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's historical. It's mm -hmm. historical and um, it will definitely be in, in history books. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm excited to see your Instagram stories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some for sure. Um, but no, it's gonna be amazing, and and um, I just can't wait for my mom to see this. Um, I can't wait to see my friends celebrate. Um, and just uh, yeah, see the kind of emotions that come up, you know, for mm -hmm. me when I when I'm there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, well, to wrap this up and land this plane, I'm just gonna have some quick questions for you. 
quick questions, quick, quick answers. Quick questions, quick answers. Okay. They're a bit more like um, a bit more personal. Yeah. Okay. What is the best and the worst advice that has been given to you or that you gave? Someone one day told me it's 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 a it's a very famous artist, very famous. I'm not gonna name no names. And I met him at a, at an airport, um, at the a Paris airport, and he said, "Don't do residencies. Don't do artist residencies. They're bad." Because you're gonna be with other artists, and then you're gonna copy their works, and then it's gonna kill your inspiration. That is a bad advice. <laughs> I am sorry, but um, bad advice. I think the more you see, the more you can share, the more you can interact. Because this is what art is about. We as artists, people need to understand. We as artists all talk about the same thing. We talk about life. We talk about our perspective on life. It only comes in different forms. That's all we do. We all talk about the same thing. What's the best advice somebody has given you? Best advice is... Best advice... Um, best advice is... Um, has been... Ah, do you. Mm -hmm. Do you. Do you. My friend... Uh, my friend Maria, uh, who is actually um, doing a documentary on my work um, at the moment, um, always says this, do you, be yourself, you know, that is very good advice. That's great. What time do you usually get up? Whew. These days, and actually most of the year, around 10, 11. 10, 10, 11. That's when I wake up. Mm -hmm. Do you have any rituals in the morning or the evening? Yes, in the morning, I wake up, I open the window, um, I put on my incense, I put on my Quiet Mornings Spotify playlist, I grind my coffee, um, take a shower, come back, drink the coffee, listen to the news, read the news, sometimes play a little bit of guitar, do some emails, and take my motorbike and go to the studio. That's a really good morning. That sounds exactly good morning. And finally, what do you do when you take me time when you take king time king time man king time is is when i'm on my motorcycle it's king time oh and when i'm on the motorcycle and when i'm when i'm um also um yeah when i'm on my motorcycle that's most of like me time like really when i ride it's just amazing me time, um, motorcycle road trips as well. Oh like, yeah, yeah. In the Swiss mountains, for example. <laughs> yeah, Swiss mountains. That's like me time. Really, me time. Um, and then when I play my video games, um, that's me time. Um, and when I play the guitar, you know, that's me time as well. Um, but yeah. 
motorcycle is like oh, yeah. quite high on yeah. the list. Yeah. Quite high. It quite sounds high. great. Yeah. Like, makes you feel yeah. free, no? Free and. Well, this has been great. Uh, Thank thanks you a so thousand much. times. Uh, Thank you for having me on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Stay tuned and I'll catch you next time with another episode of That's My Niche.